and welcome this is the climate voices podcast and i'm your host omesa mukaya it is no secret the climate has been changing and the impacts are felt the most by communities from different parts of the world different places and different ecosystems are impacted at different scales and we can say unequivocally that there are indeed champions that have been putting tremendous effort in addressing the climate crisis climate models have shown that major coastal cities and island states will be submerged as the global sea levels continue to rise by day. Marine ecosystems such as mangroves that play a fundamental role in offering different ecosystem services are impacted substantially by the changing climate. On this episode, we speak to Sumaya Harunani, a climate activist from Kenya's coastal city of Mombasa that has been passionately conserving the mangroves and raising awareness about sustainability in her community. She's the founder of Blue Earth Organization that engages in community empowerment regeneration of areas impacted by pollution, infrastructure development and climate change, as well as combating the climate crisis through nature-based solutions and climate advocacy. Sumaya, welcome to the show. Thank you. So could you briefly take us through your journey as a climate activist and um, what motivated you to start the Blue Earth Organization? Okay, thank you so much. Um, My name is Sumaya and I run the Blue Earth Organization along with my colleagues. Um, my passion for environmental con- uh, conservation started when I saw the need to rid our oceans and beaches from plastic, whose uh, effects have been choking our environment for a very long time now. Uh, we carried out a few beach cleanups and we felt that we needed to organize ourselves in order to do a lot more than that. So it is for this reason that we came up, uh, we came together and formed Blue Earth Organization, whose main aim was not only to carry out environmental activism, but also to create awareness, the public sensitization and active participation from them. So in addition to beach cleanups, we uh, have partnered ourselves with the Kenya Forestry and are currently focusing on the restoration of mangroves. Through this, through, the, uh, through our project on restoration of mangroves, we carry out community empowerment um, and climate advocacy, as well as combating the climate change through nature-based solution. So for how long have you been involved with your colleagues or partners in uh, raising awareness of the coastal area? Okay, uh, we came up with Blue Earth Organization in 2020 in the month of April. So it's been like over two years now we have been carrying out our environmentalism as well as climate activism. So is your work purely based on mangrove restoration or are there other activities or initiatives that you're involved in through a Blue Earth Organization? Yes, correct. In general, um, like I said, uh, my colleagues, so we were all teaching together in a school and we started off by uh, teaching all this to the young ones, to the children. So yeah, basically we teach them about the care for environment, hygiene, cleanliness, uh, disposal of waste, plastic pollution, going green, and why it's important to do all that. And we also um, visit uh, the primary schools where we uh, talk to the t- uh, children and the teachers and we have carried out some tree planting activities over there as well. I like the work uh, around you know working with school children because... As I've always said, it's good to, you know, inculcate that nature of 
you know, having young kids growing up, knowing the importance of conserving the environment. Yeah. So you mentioned that you've partnered with Kenya Forest Service. So um, are there any other organizations that you've partnered with? Are you working with the governments apart from, you know, uh, working with schools, especially in uh, creating awareness with the young children? So are there other partners that you are involved with? I'm, I'm very aware some time back I actually joined uh, some of the activities that you're doing back down at the coast with, uh, and also Kenya Environmental Action Network to do um, part of the work that you've done. So are there other organizations like specifically youth-led organizations or community-based organizations that you're involved with? Uh, yes, we have partnered very many times, especially when uh, it came to beach cleanups when we started off our organization as an organization. So uh, we have partnered with CBOs around the coast, also uh, from different parts of the country as well. Like you said, Kenya, like um, Keen, also Kisumu environmentalists have uh, joined us and uh, Miti Alliance have approached us and they've joined us for um, mangrove planting. And we have also been getting some support from Rise Up Movement. It's a movement led by Vanessa Nakate, climate activist. So, yeah, uh, we have been uh, partnering with them and we have been having some support from most of the CBOs around. Yeah, Vanessa is, uh, is from Uganda, right? So, like, yes, you know, the, uh, are you involved in you know, carrying out your campaigns in Kenya and Uganda, or is it just, just collaboration? So, um, actually, through my activism, uh, I managed to become a member of Rise Up Movement, through social media awareness, and, you know, so I managed to um, become a member of Rise Up Movement, and this is how I got the connections with Vanessa, and, and we have been working together. And, in fact, through Rise Up Movement is when... I got the opportunity to attend the Stockholm Plus 50. I remember I saw uh, some of the pictures on social media of young, most of the young uh, climate advocates mm-hmm. involving yourself and Vanessa who attended the Stockholm Plus 50. So could you briefly talk about that conference at the Stockholm Plus 50, what you learned there, what opportunities it's opened for you and what uh, young people can also like pick up from that uh, kind of conferences. Okay, so Stockholm Plus 50 was an amazing experience. It was my first time to attend such a conference. And like I said, I went through Rise Up Movement. It was a good opportunity to make a lot of networking. I met very many activists in the same field who have been going through some of the similar challenges what we go through over here. Of course, it was a conference that brought up people from all over the world and the leaders, again, you know, um, a planning for how to come up with a better environment and a planet. So, yeah, um, I also managed to give a small speech about what we are experiencing here um, in terms of climate change and what about the, the demands about uh, loss and damage and the climate finance. So, yeah, it was an amazing experience and it's good. It's, it's good for youth to attend such uh, conferences because there's exposure, networking. You get to learn a lot, get to uh, meet new people. 
uh, know how they are dealing with the climate crisis in their countries and what we can maybe, you know, uh, what we can do, the ideas, we can exchange ideas. But also, um, I feel such uh, opportunities are very limited. Um, not very many people can get a chance because of the visa and the cost and, you know, so I think such the youth should be encouraged, but also it should be made easier for the youth to attend such conferences. You mentioned something that is very critical about, you know, youth exchange, meeting other young people from different parts of the world who are doing exactly the work that you're doing, for example, um, in Mombasa. Yeah, so um, I, I like, you know, the aspect of young people coming uh, together and also harnessing the power of social media. You mentioned that you met Vanessa and you've been working through, you know, social media campaigning. So that's some of the yeah. things uh, that young people can take up, you know, um, harnessing the power of social media and not necessarily being there personally or physically, but using social media, you know, through voicing their concerns. You mentioned that uh, you did uh, give a speech, you know, uh, airing out your concerns and your demands about, uh, loss and damage. So I, I mean, that's something that uh, every young person can you know, take up uh, in the fight against climate change. So there are, I know there are various impacts of, of, of climate change, especially the costs, you know, things around sea level rise and how it yeah. the marine ecosystem. So is there anything uh, that you think the government can help, for example, the young people to sort out with some of these challenges that we're facing? Yes, why not? I mean, they have the resources. They can help us with the resources. They have the power to change everything. Um, because one of the main challenges we face is uh, the raising of funds. That is the biggest challenge because especially we being, it's a women-led organization and, you know, at the cost where there's not so much of awareness about the importance of all that. The nature is in, and you say it's under a big threat, you know, there's a lot of deforestation taking place. So I think the government can do a lot, first of all, to bring in strict rules, uh, ban uh, deforestation, not allowing it. And then also to uh, support such initiatives, support such initiatives. Because we have approached the uh, county and, you know, like for support and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll do this, we'll do that. But when time comes, we have nobody's, you know, like they're not there to respond to us. And we have gone through this. We have gone through, we've experienced this. So yeah, that is a major problem. Funds for nature-based solutions should be there in the government. And the government has the resources and they should give out to those uh, organizations and the youth who are actually doing the groundwork when it comes to restoration of nature, protecting the environment. Yeah, that's very important. The government should take up and also, uh, you know, the environment sector, for example, in Kenya is a devolved function. So it's also critical to, you know, um, to know to approach the county governments because uh, most of them have like the funds allocated to the uh, mm. environmental mm -hmm. 
department also addressing climate change because this is an issue that is really affecting communities and in the coming years with the climate simulations for example Mombasa is very threatened with uh, you know issues of sea level rise so I exactly. really like the work that you're doing yeah I also saw that recently you attended the climate justice camp in Tunisia could you please mm-hmm. talk about that Okay, so Climate Justice Camp was organized by Greenpeace and uh, we, uh, very many activists were there again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more of networking and there were different workshops on how we can uh, go for a sustainable living and me- the media trainings. There were many different types of trainings and workshops going on uh, for five days. It was a five-day uh, camp. Also, um, one of the, we hosted one of the uh, workshop, my friend and I, my colleague and I, who is, she is the founder of Wild Heart Kenya, that deals with wildlife and period poverty mostly, and our both organization where we um, showcased our work and talked about our work and challenges we go through. So yeah, it was a very good experience. We also got to learn a lot, meet again new people and networking. Yeah, it was a great experience. It sounds like uh, you, you, you had a good experience and also got to network with young people doing uh, you know, similar work and also getting to learn from them about what they are doing. You mentioned something about sustainability. Yeah, so I'm, tra- I'm trying to you know link up link that up to the work that you're doing at the course so uh, are there like specific uh, you know sustainable development goals that you're addressing with your work I know you're doing you know something around uh, life underwater uh, you know um, Mm -hmm. sustainable cities addressing um, you know zero poverty Um, so are there specific sustainable development goals that are aligned to your work and to your mission at the Blue Earth Organization? Uh, yes, yes, of course. The climate change cannot be tackled without tackling the sustainable development goals. That is for a healthier the UN sustainable development goals were, um, were brought up for a healthier planet. So the restoration of mangroves cover the sustainable, uh, sustainable development goals 1, 6, 13, 14, and 17. And that's uh, for us, Blue Earth Organization. Um, when I say one, no poverty, mm-hmm. it means uh, um, the seedlings that we are purchasing to plant, the, uh, the seedlings we are purchasing are sourced from the nearby community who had lost their jobs due to COVID. And like basically their jobs are really affected by COVID, their lives, their livelihoods. And also because of climate change, the sea level, the uh, ocean warming. So that was affecting the corals. The corals are bleaching. And because of that, fishing was becoming an issue. Yeah. So since we started our project with them, in fact, we were introduced to the mangrove restoration project by Kenya Forestry. And they are the ones who advised us to adopt a site under Blue Earth Organization where we could plant uh, 10,000 mangroves under one hectare. So that's the first step we did just for, you know, uh, to see how it goes. But of course, in bits. And after like one and a half years, it's been one and a half years since we start, we've uh, started working on the restoration of mangroves. 
So we've managed to plant above 15,000 seedlings, mangrove seedlings. And of course, 15,000 mangrove seedlings are purchased from them. And a seedling goes for, goes for like $1. And that, is, that includes the care. They also care for the seedlings unless they are mature to grow enough. So it is really uh, brought a, a positive change in their life. It has really um, created a positive impact in their lives. The fishermen are happy because we had talked to them and they told us that there is a big difference because mangroves are known as uh, breeding hotspots. So crabs, fish, you know, different types of fish have been, they've been able to, fishing has become easier for them. Also, they've been able to send their children back to school, provide food for them, you know, yeah. those basic needs at least. So yeah, here it comes no poverty. This is where no poverty comes. And yeah. then um, the sixth one is clean water and sanitation. Mangroves are good for cleaning water. They purify the water basically. And then 13 is climate change. They help in, they are one of the best nature-based solutions to tackle climate change because of the huge amounts of carbons they are they manage to capture and store because they manage to capture and store four to six times more carbon than the mature tropical forests on land. Yeah. So they are one of the best nature-based solutions. And then 14 is life under life below water. Like I said, they purify water and also they protect the coastal communities through natural disasters like storms and hurricanes. And 17, partnership for goals. Yeah, we managed to... We try to partner with very many, like more organizations, because the more we are, it can create a bigger impact than we doing it alone. So to achieve the goals. Yeah, you're really leaving no one behind. I see like you've, you've been, your work has been so all-inclusive. I like the tremendous impact that you've been able to bring. Planting 15,000 uh, mangrove trees, seedlings, that is tremendous you know impact that you bring to the community down at the coast i like also the aspect of working with communities you know trying to not just conserve the environment but also supporting the communities to you know support yes. their livelihoods because most mm -hmm. of them as you mentioned like the fishermen depend on this ecosystem for their you know survival mm -hmm. most of the times uh, you know many people wonder why mangroves so you've mentioned really, you know, a lot of um, important things that are associated with mangroves about, you know, uh, restoration, about yeah, climate change. With the impacts of climate change, you have seen things like, you know, uh, coral bleaching uh, and with the, you know, plantation of mangroves, they're helping out with that. And you also mentioned like they provide good breeding grounds for fish, which is apart from, you know, the communities around selling the seedlings, also getting to support their livelihoods from fishing. So I really like the work that you're doing. And this is the kind of work that uh, we are emphasizing and, you know, sharing to the people out there for, you know, everyone to know that there's this amazing work going on. And the, what you mentioned about the sustainable development goals, about partnerships for whoever uh, is willing to partner with that, you know, to come on board and help in addressing the impacts of climate change. Is there anything you want to mention about, you know, empowering, you know, young kids, empowering young, uh, young people in terms of environmental conservation, you know, and also addressing the impacts of climate change? Yeah, actually, 
our events are usually done by young volunteers. We try to try our best to involve the youth, the young volunteers. We take them to the site. Of course, we do talk to them. We take them, we take them to the site. We have also uh, asked the school children to join us. There have been times when secondary school children have joined us. Yeah. And trust me, it, they really, really enjoyed as much as it's tiring, but because mangroves are in a muddy area and also yeah, I it mean, makes I, it very light run. and yeah. fun. So, yeah. So, yeah. And our project is led by the indigenous community. So yeah. after our planting is done and our exercise is done, we usually talk to them, to the, children, uh, to the school uh, students about the importance of environment and the indigenous knowledge yeah. that uh, we get from these people and why we are doing what we are doing. And it is very important for each and every uh, young person or, you know, every, everybody on this planet, basically, to take part, to take this initiative, mm -hmm. to do even a small step, even a small step can go a long way, just plant one tree. And, you know, because it is our planet, it is our future, it is their future. So, of course, it is very important to um, involve them in such uh, activities yeah. And and when it comes to tackling the climate crisis, if you talk, if we talk to them, if we talk to them, they do understand. But otherwise, ignorance has been there. And then also, I believe climate change should be a part of the school curriculum where the children should be taught. And just like any other subject, like there is math, there is English, there is yeah. all this. Yeah. So I think climate change should be part of the school curriculum because it is a crisis we are all facing. It is, especially in Kenya, it is a lived reality. People yeah. are suffering, you know, and it's the duty of each and every, each and every um, yeah, yeah, human yeah. being to give it back to nature and to take care of the planet. Yeah, the impacts are really being felt that devastating yes. communities are actually facing it and you know, it's time, like, you've, you, you've given out a very clear message about the young people taking up these spaces and also mentioning that this need to have environmental conservation or climate science or environmental studies being mm -hmm. taught from the, you know, uh, lower primary schools being involved, uh, being included in the curriculum. That's uh, something I've always talked about before. Even in my previous conversations, it's something that has come up. It's really that critical need to have conservation taught in schools so that we raise young uh, people who are responsible who know that they need to take care of the environment. So out of curiosity, you mentioned that you, you've managed to plant 15,000 uh, mangrove seedlings. Do you know uh, about the survival rate? Have, have they all, you know, kind of survived? Like they are, are they mm -hmm. all doing well? Yes, yes. Actually, um, like I said, we plant like this, this site where we plant our mangroves. So every time we go to plant there is a new event for we go to plant our new seedlings yeah. we must we must visit our previous sites you know where we planted previously and mostly we just plant near them and they have been thriving and you know it's really 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 good to see that like they have they are being 
well taken mm-hmm. care of and they yeah. are thriving and they are growing and yeah that is motivating us to do more that yes we are actually doing something you know we are not just planting we are planting and growing them so yeah i love the aspect of growing because most of the time we see um, we see people you know government officials during for example world environment day or mm. you know celebrating all these days they just go out and plant trees but no one ever cares to you know monitor health or their doing but having you know your your work for example with blue earth organization being involved with communities around to make sure that they are taking care of this is the kind of you know a sustainability strategy that we want to see uh, in terms of addressing climate change so i really like what you're doing and uh, it's it's very encouraging for you know every young person who is trying to address the climate crisis because as you mentioned it's 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 for our own you know benefit it's for our own future yeah. we need to stand up and act so um do you have um, any um call to action maybe to young people maybe to governments uh, or policy makers or whoever you you know want to send your message to to act yeah to the youth you are never small to make a difference and every small step matters join these organizations the cbos the movements try to become a part or a volunteer also at least in one of their events yeah nothing small no step is small this is how you start also to the government yeah i need your support with the cop coming up especially you have seen how our country suffering the communities who are least contribute who are the least contributors to the climate crisis have been affected so yeah to demand for climate finance and climate justice um loss and damage that has been happening so we need our government to speak up for our countries and of course the policy makers uh bringing in you know providing with resources and to a new or cleaner for a cleaner energy and to the world leaders yeah <laughs> to the world leaders um we demand for climate justice we have been going through the climate crisis we have been feeling the impacts of climate crisis and we are least responsible and it's time you take action instead of just giving us the same same words and promises every other year very strong message there we don't want to you know to listen to promises we need action i've seen and heard young people out there say action now we need justice now i really appreciate your contribution to whatever you're doing uh, in terms of addressing the climate crisis and um also empowering young people not just doing it on your own but also communicating what you are doing to the young people to the communities around you to also be inspired and take part in that and you have also managed to you know collaborate with others in bringing the impact i will say continue doing what you're doing and as you mentioned no step is small every 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 action that you do matters and all collaboratively it it brings the impact so thank you so much maya it's been amazing having you on the show um do you have any parting shot okay thank you so much much it was a great conversation and um it was my pleasure to be a part of this show yeah and looking forward to more and Absolutely. together for our planet yeah yeah Absolutely. And it, yeah.
Yeah, thank you so much. It's uh, it was amazing having you on the show, and uh, I encourage you know everyone to look out for amazing guests that we'll be having on the show that we have lined up to discuss different topics. And as we said, we are addressing the climate crisis one conversation at a time. We are making sure that all our voices are getting heard, whatever we're doing, no matter how small it is, we are going to amplify that until we get the impact that we want to see. Yeah, so thank you so much. This has been um, the Climate Voices podcast, and I'm your host, Tomesa Mokaya.